Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Silentcast. Me and you, Glenn, as always. And um, yeah, we're still joined this week by Sean. Good to get another voice on the pod. Um, and yeah, I think it's fair to say um, I saw um, Sean's post um, last night on Facebook um, after I'd had quite a few beers, but um, it was a good post. And yeah, we thought um, it'd be good to get Sean on the podcast. So thanks for joining us, Sean. No problem. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, the fans wanted him, I think, Ollie. You know, it was, uh, you know, I think it was a very well, just to say, going back to his Facebook post, very well written about our current predicament and where we're going and where we've come from. And um, yeah, Sean, I think it's, it's good to have a considered view of it, but also sometimes we just need to let that, that stress and anger out, don't we? Yeah, I think <laughs> yesterday was the was the tipping point for me. I think oh, the week God. the week itself has been a disaster on the pitch. Mm. Um, and I think that was just, I didn't want to go out and F and blind and be... I wanted to try and put a put, you know a bit of substance behind my post and but yeah I'm Stuff. I'm angry yes. I'm angry I think that is a, a fair mm. feeling at the moment Ollie isn't it and we're gonna we're gonna go yeah. to that as we go on because obviously just to, to cover you know this week in terms of what we we've done obviously I watched the Bradford game on I follow Ollie um off, off my treadmill ran 14 miles during that game and felt like I ran <laughs> significantly further than Ollie Norburn did so that was good and then I went me and me and Sean went to the game uh, yesterday but you missed it you went you went on a pub crawl in Manchester didn't you, you so lucky bloke yep. you've done right right missing most of these games this week Ollie I think you picked a good week not to watch too much Shrewsbury Town. Yeah, I, I couldn't go to um, Bradford. I was at a a, um, a snack fair in Cologne. Oh right. Yeah, so <laughs> and yeah, trying out, diff- looking for different You've things. You got my dream job, Ollie. You really have. <laughs> so that was quite interesting. Yeah, so I was never going to make that, but I did listen on the radio, and then I've had the horror of watching both those Ugh. games of the extended highlights in this afternoon, um, trying to make wind of them. Mm. Um, and it's fair to say there's a lot of consistencies throughout both games. Yep. Um, so that's why, yeah. In terms of the agenda, we've got the Bradford game, the Luton game. Uh, we've got the transfer window and then yeah great having Sean on there's quite a lot of parallels between the two games so we'll have a big debate about where this team is at the yeah, moment cool stuff alright well we'll move on to uh, what was an eventful game at Bradford Alcanaviri running at the heart of the defence he plays the ball out towards Doherty Doherty in the penalty area and Doherty lashes the ball in and League One Shrewsbury take an early lead in the second half my took that so well the League One side are ahead so the first game this week was a trip up to Valley Parade, or what is it now, the Northern Commercial Stadium, whatever. Um, yes, on Tuesday night to play Bradford City. So, an eventful game. Shrewsbury Town lost 4-3, um, having snatched defeat from the jaws of at least a point. So, well done there, lads. Um, yes, favour the hat-trick for us, including a 93-minute uh, sort of hat-trick capper. But wasn't enough, um, with Jack Payne, um, Liam O'Brien, Eon Doyle, and then... Ball at the end in ni- on 96 minutes, getting the fourth goal that sort of clinched the game for them. So yeah, not an ideal result, um, and quite a lot to pick apart on this one from from having watched it live on the night on iFollow. So um, it was our eighth game in January, so it shows it has been an incredibly busy period this this um, this this period in January, which is starting to look like fitness might be an issue, although it probably was already before that. And um, yeah, so with with the amount of games we had, I suppose the most interesting thing, Sean, first of all, that I picked up on was watching it on the iFollow. Was like we haven't made a single change. No, especially after the uh, the Wolves game on the Saturday where I would say 65, 70 minutes on, we were absolutely dead on our feet yeah. and there was, yeah, I can list a number of players on one hand that were cramping up and were really, really struggling. So I expected changes. I didn't want to see too many because I think if you get yourself into a, a settled routine and pattern, like I, we did play well against Wolves and I didn't want it to be too much of a change. Mm. Maybe change the odd one or two. But to make no changes was a risk that obviously yeah, didn't pay it was really off. Yeah, bizarre. Especially as Ricketts goes on about being a team squad game and all mm. that. 
Um, it's been odd that yeah, he didn't make any changes at all no. um, for this game. It's a bit strange. Yeah, and fitness towards the end of it again looked to be one of the undoings of, of you know fitness and concentration, I suppose, and that comes from mental fatigue, not only physical fatigue of playing game after game after game during January with, with not that much of a turnover in players. So I think we're all, we're all probably surprised as much as all town fans were, but. Um, yeah, I don't think we expected expected the amount of goals we were going to see. Maybe down the other end against us, but <laughs> I think you know Faye's been having a bit of a lean spell before this game, and and, and him getting three in it was quite surprising. But um, yeah, obviously I watched I watched it, Ollie. You've only watched the extended highlights back, haven't you, Ollie? Yeah, I've watched the extended highlights back to kind yep. of help us put the put the game together. Um, Hash, Sean, did you listen or watch the game? I foolishly paid ten pounds <laughs> to watch it on iFollow. <laughs> Me too. Um, so yes, I watched every single one whilst having the uh, 100 Best Dogs in the background, which was far much more entertaining than this game. Yeah, Becky was watching that. I was listening to the football. I can't believe the Westie only came in 35th. Well, I've anyway. got a staffy and that was number one, so I was very, very pleased. I hate dogs, so I'm having out of this conversation. They always bark, they always bark at me when I'm running, so I'm not... I'm not, uh, there not might be not... a reason behind that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's my horrible pasty legs, probably. But um, there we go. Um, so, yeah, into the game, though. I mean, we obviously started watching... It didn't start well, no. did it? Um, and it's kind of things to come and a bit of a kind of a... And it's a bit of on harsh maybe to pick on one player, but, you know, we're going to mention lots of players doing the similar things. <laughs> and for me, I think it was just quite poignant that, like, yeah, Bradford had an early start to the, to the good start to the game. And then Haynes just seemed to let them cross, um, and they had a really good opportunity. And Arnold had to, you know, be on alert in his box again. And we just seemed to be willing to allow teams to get the ball in the box. And yeah, it was um, it was not it was not great. And then not too long, nineteen minutes into the game, um, counter attack from um, Bradford, a long pass cuts Tan in half, yep. and Bolton falls over. Yep. <laughs> um, Haynes gets back but then gets done on the inside shot taken to the back of the net and yeah Grant follows it in kind of nudges it in with a few inches to go yeah it's been given to it's been given to Payne that goal it's not an own, own goal anymore which no, is fair I, enough I think it was going in so. yeah it definitely was going it in it was going in yeah. and for me I thought it was quite interesting and watching it back that um, you know Ollie Norburn had a lot to say as he always does <laughs> Um, though I think he needs to shut up, have his bit of bit. Yeah, shut up. That's probably a good way of describing <laughs> it. Um, and then Sadler's basically yeah told the players to kind of stop shouting to kind of get back, um, which kind of shows a bit of disharmony around the squad. Well, you are seeing that a little bit more and more. You know, shrugging his shoulders and a lot. There's more pointing going on now than even when Kevin Summerfield played in our midfielder and he was known as the pointer. It's there's a lot of like shirking a responsibility maybe I'm not sure whether that's a fair comment but certainly a lot of blame on other people a lot of and... collective responsibility yeah, is there yeah. people seem quite happy to go oh look you've done that wrong there which was which was a bit odd and yeah it was not the best start to the game and yeah what did you guys what did you think Sean at this point well it, the whole game in general did not start well I don't nope. think Bradford were great and I just thought it's a typical low uh, lower league slog out basically there was nothing, no quality in it um, and it was just a comedy of errors the whole lead up. Bolton, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's gone to put his foot through it. He could have taken a touch mm. and brought it down and probably played forward. Um, and then from there on, the thing that worried me the most was the gaps Yep. Um, in between midfield and defence. And then all of a sudden the defence missed the ball and then he's in and then it's just... It's just a mess. It's just an absolute mess. And that was just the, the start of it, really, wasn't it? What concerned me the most, Ollie, was that we'd obviously played the same team in the same formation that we played at Wolves, but you couldn't believe how much more disjointed it looked. You know, it was, you'd know, you think yeah. that the reason for playing the same team in the same formation is that you'd keep taking that little positive moment against Wolves on. But it wasn't. There was errors. But we don't. And that's the yeah. thing. It's linking back to my argument last week about the FA Cup. and You, know, you don't see any kind of growth in this team. Um, 
And I know you've got some great stats to share later yeah, on. Yeah. Um, and for me, uh, for me, there was a really nice moment in not a nice moment in the game, an interesting or poignant moment in the game where you had um, Ollie Narburn doing like a schoolboy slide tackle, and then Waterfall doing another one, and and it was absolutely awful. You know, just I don't know, just very odd going to ground in the middle of the park, and Bradford had another counter attack and. I don't know, we just don't seem to be doing the absolute basics at the moment. And some of the decision-making, individual decision-making throughout the game or games, um, it's becoming quite consistent. I think, I think well, a part of that is that we're struggling so much that the only way that some of these players think they can influence them's game and, and stamp their authority on it is going in hard or trying to make hard tackles, you know, when actually a sensible player can just win the ball back and that's how you influence, mm. influence the game better. Maybe that's a little bit of that, Ollie, but... For, for me, you know, and, and uh, Sean can have say now, really, you know, Bradford's weren't a brilliant... No, in fact, I'll go with on that. Bradford were a very poor team. Yes. You know, and they've scored four goals against us this night, and we'll come to the rest of this now. But for me, they seem to have a plan. They seem to think that we were so bad that their best short chance in that game was countering us and countering us and countering us so quickly that it left all our back four, which, to be honest with you, there's not any pace between any of them. No. They just fell apart, and the midfield were not able to cover. And that was their tactic. It was a plan, and it worked well. All right, we, we've got faith, faith thank for getting three goals but in all honesty it was more it was a wider gap between the two teams than the one goal it ended up being which is a bit odd of an odd thing to say so to, yeah to me there was a big gap between it at yeah. times yeah yeah I, I i echo exactly what glenn's just said if we i think if we were on it more maybe we could have uh, done a lot well, we could have done a lot better we, yeah. like, we couldn't get any worse but no. <laughs> you know it's it's the basics of not pressing we weren't pressing high yeah. up the pitch enough um, and when we did, and when we do, yeah, we it o- works, isn't it? The gaps, the the reason why Bradford are at the bottom of the league is because they were so open. Mm. Like the first goal that we'll probably come on to in a minute, yeah, it was the parting of the ways, and it was a, gr- a quality ball through, and that was just a moment where we've done a bit of quality, and if we'd have done that more, they were easily opened. Mm. Very, yeah, and you it know. just shows, and that's the frustration of this team, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so as you said, um, super super ball through ball from Doherty. Um, to to um, through to to Faye, yep. he just comes running in, and um, yeah, you know, Ockenberry doesn't need um, you know many chances, and he came running in and, and a cool finish. It was a, and obviously that got us one all in the game. And I don't know, I at this point I was a bit concerned, obviously, of our defending, but obviously you guys were watching. Did you? I for me, watching them back as well. You know, I thought that Bradford were going to have more chances, and it felt like it was going to be a, a game with lots of goals. Yeah, I, I thought we we were right to get back to one one, and maybe that could be a platform to try and build something from. Now that little bit of confidence they need, um, and and you know, and it was a good goal. You know, I don't. If Faye's going to be offside three or four times in a game, but play on the shoulder and make that run like he does there. I'll, I'll let him have that. He hasn't been doing that enough in the last few weeks, but certainly that was what we need him to be doing if if Doherty can find him. But to me, yeah, I was a one one. I don't know about you, Sean. I felt like right. We're back in this, you know, it's been a bit, a bit of disaster going at the back, and we, you know, we're back in it, and let's try and build on it. But it just didn't. Even after the goal straight away, the pattern still went back to where it was before, and it didn't. We didn't really take much impetus from it. No, agreed. And my my immediate reaction was right. Slate's clean. Let's go again. Yeah. And we had that chance to then push on, but like I say, there was just there was not that push <laughs> straight from kickoff. You're no. thinking. It doesn't feel right again. It doesn't feel right, yeah. And we'll come to that, Ollie. It's just about the feeling of this team anyway. But yeah, so within a few minutes later, wasn't it? They were they were back ahead. Um, yeah, again, um, Haynes doing this really weird header, kind of like flick-on type thing. And Bradford kept the ball for quite a while. And really weak, slow pressing from the whole team. Yep. 
Um, and then they finally get the ball over towards um, towards the goal and a shot from range. And yeah, Arnold didn't really have much chance with this no, one. No. Um, yeah, we were two one down going. You know, with seven obviously this is the thirty eighth minute, so you know still a bit of time at the end of the half. But you know, not much happened after that. But again, poor town, poor um, defending from town. Yeah, and so after that goal, we 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 still you know tried to push on. Faye was trying his hardest to kind of give us a bit of impetus. I think Doherty was trying to support him as best he could, but there was a lot of really poor decision making mm. once we got into the final third. Yeah, horrendous to be honest with you actually some real punted balls forward that just sailed over everybody's heads and the game was just so disjointed for us and it just sort of petered out to half time to be honest with you I can't recall us having a really clear cut chance after that and at half time I was thinking 2-1 you know again you're thinking it's a poor relegation battle game it's only 2-1 still got a chance to get back into it and you wanted us to come out and play better and I'd, I'd argue we played slightly worse in the second half even though we scored two goals because it just never felt like we were really going to get that game together so um, mm. yeah not not good and, and you've, no. you've picked up in the start of the agenda Ollie about you know what became a pattern really in the second half which was Norburn and his long range passing it's just completely inaccurate at the moment he, he... well it was just yeah I've had to point it out because there was several times um, throughout the game particularly at the start of the second half where he had the ball and he just lumped it forward, mm. very kind of, you know, Gary Peters-esque, no looking, just lump it forward. So he hasn't got, I don't know whether it's so he hasn't got the ball or does he really think that's what, you know, Faye and Matt are going to feed off? Um, we, it's quite poor. We wouldn't be conceding four goals and then three goals back to back under a Gary Peters team, I can tell you that. He'd have a bit no. more defensive solidity about <laughs> us. So, yeah, um, but yes, I agree with you. He was a direct man going forward. But, you know, I'd pray for a defensive organisation like Gary Peters brought us at times when he was here. But yeah, Nor- Norburn's had a terrible week, frankly, and his... Is, yeah. I don't know about you, Sean. He's definitely one of the ones that should be facing, facing a bit of a drop in at some point soon. I yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. He should not be in that starting eleven. Unfortunately, he'll, probably, he'll have to play Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but from then on, no. Yeah. He should not be yeah. anywhere near. He needs it. to be dropped, and he played his part um, in the in the in the next goal. <laughs> um, so awful play from Salah. Yep. Beckles and Norburn all at sea. Um, the shot was saved, but then the rebound was tucked away and. Absolutely appalling defending and application from Beckles and Norburn. Oh, I'm just going to say defensively a shambles. Again, you know, all over the place. And the same thing has been happening in the last few weeks. We get sort of goals, get against us. The heads seem to drop straight away. And, you know, they just they just looked all over the shop at the back. And, and we're going to, I think, let's save Waterfall Sadler discussion till later on. Because we really do need to have a, you know, mm. Sean will agree. We need to have a big chat about our centre-back pairing now. Um, but they just instilled zero confidence in me in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. May as well. Yeah. May as well. And there you go. So and then they almost scored again. It could it could easily have been four one straight away. Yeah, they did. Arnold saved. Um and had a great save. And then they scored again. Yeah. Put the ball in the back of the yeah. net, but it was offside. So another two chances, and that would have they you know if okay, it was offside, but you know, that's another two chances. That would have made it five yeah. one. Um not to mention the other chances in the first half. And yeah, we don't really I don't feel like we deserve Ockenberry because yeah, we then win a free kick from Grant. And yeah, how good is this free kick? It was a crack free kick, wasn't it, Sean? Yeah, it was amazing. I remember just looking at it going, let's be honest, he's going to put it straight in the in the top of the stand or something like that. But uh... <laughs> Which made me worry a little bit with his time near this hat-trick in terms of the transfer window. Well, yeah, there is that as well. And we well, did have a bid for him. So. It almost did happen, didn't it? But <laughs> it was a great goal. It was a really good finish. Yeah, and, uh, it was. Gave us that little little bit of a lift. It's weird because I can't remember Akinbiri taking a free kick this season, and then suddenly, no, suddenly, I can't remember him taking any set pieces. <laughs> suddenly, steps up and just pings one in, and then obviously he had another chance on Saturday against yeah, Liverpool. Probably back to normal Shrewsbury Town standards, yeah. wasn't it? So uh, yeah, he got one. But before before that goal, you know, it was Ollie on the night watching it, I was getting really annoyed at three one. It was just 
it was pathetic watching them when they played there. And, and, he, and we won a late free kick on just a break. And you, everyone was just sort of thinking, well, all right, it will probably mess us up again. And that gave you a little bit of hope you were going to get back in the game. But for me, having watched the way we played, I was so annoyed and, and worried about what the hell we were trying to do, the plan, the, the strategy, that I thought, well, okay, 2-1's a consolation goal. I st- you still couldn't see us getting another one and then potentially going on to win it. And you know, well, at some point, we did get back close to getting a win, I suppose. But um, it just you, you, even with three goals, I, I got nothing but... Disappointment about the way we played in that game. Yeah, I think the the, the simple basics of a five yard pass. Yeah, we couldn't even do that. We were either putting it behind us, or but we've done that all season. If we're on the attack and we get to that final part, that simple five yard pass is either always behind, or it goes to another player. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which again makes you question about what are we doing on the training ground? <laughs> the defending seems to be getting worse. And, and a lot of that attacking problem for me is that you'll get to the edge of the box and you know a lot of the time with a team that's got a bit more width than say we have when when we play poorly we stick narrower than we should and, and that's one of the things that's noticeable They've, so teams know we were going to have to try and play it centrally a lot of the time and they just cluster us out of it and Faye's got to do something wonderful to keep that ball and try and turn a man and you need him to do something special to ever work work a chance really sometimes and it, it is very easy to snuff us out you know it's it, we can say it's a lot about the players making wrong decisions but I also think tactically it doesn't give us quite as of an expansive attacking series of options as we've we've had in previous years, and I think that's part of the problem as well. It's it's players and yeah. it's tactics for me. Mm. Yeah, it's everything, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, um, in terms of one positive, I guess you can take this game is obviously Wally came on, didn't yep. he? So he's on his way to um, recovery. He won a, a penalty, definite penalty. Mm-hmm. Berry scores, nice penalty. Um, and you'd think at this point everyone's absolutely chuffed. Um, I saw um, John <laughs> put a really funny post out. That um, you know he he, he, t- he turned the game off at this point because he thought we'd got three points. At one point, we scored <laughs> on the ninety third minute, and then yeah, I don't know who who wants to have the honour of going through this goal. Go on, what? Well, it was just there might not be a laptop left in the <laughs> Well, he might pick up my laptop and throw it through the window. I mean, what on earth were were, were we all playing at? They looked like they were running in treacle. All our players, they were so knackered. Um, but yeah, it was a throw-in, wasn't it? It started from you know. So and this was like yeah. the, pretty much the last attack of the game. Someone just needed to go and put a foot through it and just clear it out, and, and no one could get near the ball. So yeah, throw-in. We were just all at sea from that, as as, as we normally say. Um, Smith, who'd come on to run around a lot and do very little, which is I think all we're going to get from him. Basically, his performances <laughs> since he's been playing for us, he's just headless chicken. He's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> uh, didn't track his man, and then Beckles and Smith didn't didn't close uh, the the guy no, down. And just worth noting, Ollie Norburn did his, did his, did his um, did what I don't know a Norburn special mm. started whinging yes. at someone else. Man. And then uh, yeah, just before he, he shot the goal in, he did a nice little cutback. Um, and I think Beckles was still running towards Accrington last time he was seen. I think he sent him out of the stadium. <laughs> he just he couldn't just could just got completely uh, befuddled by a little cutback, which is a bit embarrassing. And yeah, that, that was it really. Uh, they, they they smashed it in across Arnold, which again maybe could have done a little bit better, but it's probably being a bit too harsh to be honest with you. Right at the end of a game when he thinks mm. that his defender should be doing better, and it was pathetic. I think you've written utterly embarrassing, and it was it was it was it was just an absolute disgrace. Mm. The whole defending for me, I said yeah, pathetic defending from town. Utterly embarrassing, and it is. These are professional footballers, you know. Utterly, utterly embarrassing, and we're poor all game at the back. And and that's not to say it's not just about, um, you know, it's not just about the defenders. Um, I'd say Arnold, you know, God, if we didn't have Arnold in this game, we could easily have lost this game. Yeah. Yes. And it might sound crazy, we could have conceded seven or eight in this game. Yes, I agree. Actually. It was that bad. Um, it, it was. It, so yeah, it was very, very poor. Um, it was. 
the sort of place to go in a relegation battle and lose in a result. I think the nature of the result worried me a lot as well. Like we were, we were, we were really yeah. bad during that game, you know, and we looked unfit. We looked like we had a lack of plan. One thing I want to say about Ricketts in that game is we played three different tactics during that match. He just tried to throw as many different. Oh yeah, that was a good yeah. point. Cause obviously I was listening and I did put a post out like, you know, what, what formation we were playing. Cause we, at one point we seemed to have like just loads of strikers on, <laughs> um, no structure to the team. Mm. Um, and obviously you guys are watching on iPhone and obviously it can be quite difficult to kind of track um, the form, the tactics and formation. It was tough. Sean, did you, like, was it hard to track? I couldn't tell you. Watching it? I really couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> you know, when you look back on that goal, how far back is Smith? So what position is, uh, yeah. what position is he playing? Um, I really don't know. I, re- I, could, I couldn't mm. work it out. Obviously, you know, we lost Haynes. That was, that was, un- yeah. that was enforced. Um, but then in that instance, if we... So what happened to Haynes? Uh, he just went down injured, didn't he, I think? And no, I haven't seen how bad his injury is, but he just he went down in a tackle, didn't he, I think? I th- yeah, he was, all, was on the edge of our own box. I think it was yeah. actually, it was in the lead, it was in to the second goal, actually, the free kick. Yes, it was, yes. It um, was. He got tackled on the edge of the box, then he got taken off. I think it was ankle, but according to Ricketts, it shouldn't be too bad. No, that's okay. Um, but obviously, at that point, we didn't really have much of a, of a backup option. No. Um, but my view on the whole ending of the game... The game management was absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, get people behind the ball. We've we've got ourselves a point from absolutely nothing because we didn't deserve to get a point. No. In truth, no. Get men behind the ball. We were so open, and it was. I could cry just talking about it now, <laughs> and this is just the first game. And do you know what? We've, we've pretty much gone through all of that. I say only only briefly mentioning Waterfall and Sadler, and you know they they've got a lot to answer as well. But we will get to that, Ollie. But that that was it. As I said, I, you know when that last goal went in, I, I saw a kind of a mini meltdown of town fans because it was such an important game in this in this relegation running. That's one of the and places a point wouldn't have been too bad. It would have been all right. Actually, yeah, it would have been, been, right. been all right. A point, and you know would have taken something from the game. Um, you know, okay defensive errors and all that but you know scored some goals which is something we've been really struggling with yeah um but yeah it was tough and yeah in talk, talking a tough sorry can I, before you say that about away games ollie i just want i was going to say this stat later on but ricketts has now had five away games we've taken two points from 15 you know and i know our away form's been awful so far all season but that's slightly worse than even under ASCII. so you know and we'll come to some more stats about the comparisons but you know the away form is awful and you know we're off to Bristol Rovers next away from home and it doesn't doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence does it no it doesn't (laughs) and in terms of um, yeah in terms of a challenge so yeah for you guys who was your top three for me, you had to give Feyman of the match three three good goals. I like the fact he wanted the penalty on the third one. So watching the eye follow, he went over and he said, "I want this," you know, because obviously Norburn probably is the official penalty taker as of a few weeks ago, wasn't he? No, so, no, no. Um, Okanabiri is taking. Okay, it, there you go. Uh, Fine. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he did. Yes, he did. So yeah, he wanted it. He took it. Good penalty. Hat trick. Um, you know, they're not. They're about. There's only been 16 hat tricks for Shrewsbury Town players since 2000. So he's got two, which is fairly impressive for the bloke now. So he's he's obviously a, a little bit special, isn't he? So Faye was easily man of match for me. I gave Doherty second. He, he did all right for the for the first goal and tried to give us a bit of all action going forward. But like all the rest of the field's decision making was pretty poor. I say after Faye, it was hard to pick to be honest with you. And then and then as you were talking, I changed my third to Arnold because you're right. He did make a lot of saves, even though he conceded four and. Um, there's not much more you can say about that, really. He gave a goalkeeper yeah. a top three yeah. Um, when he, um, when, yeah, um, a top three after we conceded four we're goals. We're to get to Luton so game, Ollie. says a lot. <laughs> Go on, what were you, Sean? You got any different ones than that? I don't have a top three. I have okay. a top two. Okay, that's fine. And that is Faye and Arnold. Um, Fair enough, yeah. And I think it's exactly what Glenn has just said. And it's very, it's very tough to really uh, 
pick a top three. Mm. And Ricketts was spitting feathers at the end, wasn't he? A bit, bit more. I, I, I listened to it afterwards, and he was a bit more animated, I suppose, about his yeah, anger this time. He started to get a little bit more angry. Mm. Um, so yeah, he said, "I'm bitly, bitly disappointed." I think that three injury time goals have cost us points, and um, since he's been here. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, he goes on about that, and then he says it can't continue. We can't allow this to continue. By no means, where we want, um, where he wants us to be, and then we go on to Luton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Injury time goals is such an interesting comparison between this year and last year. Whereas last year we had the drive, commitment, and fitness to be the one scoring late goals. Mm. This season we've conceded before Ricketts got it. It was happening under Ang- 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 Andraski, wasn't it? A little bit. We were conceding very late goals after eighty minutes, and those were the ones that were costing us wins and points. So it's been a consistent theme all season, and it doesn't seem to be going yeah. away. But you're right, Ollie. That did take us to Luton, um, which you know conceivably was infinitely worse than Bradford. And we haven't sounded like Bradford was much cop, but there is a, a lot of problems in this team, Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's worth noting. So yeah, I'd been in Cologne, London, and I was thinking, do I go to Shrewsbury then go to Manchester afterwards? Mm. And, you know, when you get to um, say our age in our thirties, you know, you don't catch up with your mates like you were in your twenties. No. I thought, nah, I'm going to take an opportunity here, go to Manchester. So I went to Manchester, got there at midday. Um, and I think it's fair to say, I think you guys might say that I think I made the right choice. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I um the only only highlight of the day for me really in terms of the whole event was I went into the new uh, community mm-hmm. well Shrewsbury Town supporters bar, which it is now yes. with the new decorations on the wall, you know, famous commentary clips, and I went to the soft open on a Thursday night as well, which um which was fun. But yeah, it was um it was it was it was good to see all that, and it was pretty busy. They've got a lot of things they need to learn in there. Maybe a couple more staff. Maybe another till. Need someone to collect glasses, but. As a place to go and watch the Sky game or, or just see some other town fans before a match, I, I don't. I never went in there into Power League, but I'm no, happy. I've never, I'm, I've never been. I'm in there. happy to go there, knowing that the yeah. money that you put behind that bar now is going back to the football club, which is what we've always wanted, Sean. Yeah, I used to go there when it was Power League, um, yeah. and I got to admit it looked bigger. It's amazing what they can do when they move things out. They used to have a little partition. It was almost like a an almost little bit of a a table mm. that was affixed uh, in the middle, and they've taken it out and it's opened it right out. And yep. I've got to admit, I've you know it's 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 really good, and it's so good to finally have something at the football ground that supports could call their own. Um, and I have to give credit to the club um, yeah, for, for for doing it because you know obviously Power League went into administration. We might not have had this opportunity to take it on. The club could have just said, "Well, we don't want nothing to do with it. Let's get rid." But no, fair play with the supporters' parliament. They've that you know they've gone and mm. and got it on board, and it was. It it will be a really really good asset for us as a fans. It will, and just to say on the. I mean, we'll labour this point too much because I'm trying to talk about the positives today, Ollie, and we're beyond them once we get past <laughs> this. So, but you know, I talk, when I went to the soft launch, Jamie Edwards is there, and the guys from the Sports Parliament, and I had a bit of a chat with them, and you know, there's a there's a chance to turn it into a little bit of a Shrewsbury Town Museum, if you will, for fans as well. So they'll be asking for sort of people to donate any any sort of shirts they'd like displayed up there, like maybe the sort of historic ones or famous players, and chance to have some supporters information in the foyer for people coming in and out to understand what other things are going on. Just to make it that supporters hub, that's the thing that really came across to me. And Jamie's very dedicated, along with the Sports Parliament, in helping to do that. So having Friday night events pre-game with some of our players who've been invited back the next day to do corporate stuff. You know, they can have a QA, and a get the bar open, you know, things like that. Good ideas, quizzes, things where we can actually have a community of fans again, which really has been missing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really positive about it. And I've even offered them my signed Luke Rogers shirt from the last game before we got relegated to the conference. He threw it into the crowd against Carlisle, I think it was, mm. and uh, I stole it off a small child in front of me. So, <laughs> I've offered... <laughs> I've if offered... that small child is listening, 
He's very sorry. I know, I'm sorry, yeah. But there you go. So, but that'd be a cracking little bit of memorabilia to have on the wall, and I'm sure we'll we'll get more donations of other stuff. So that was the highlight, Ollie. But then you know it was awful. I think it's probably worth saying we lost three nil. And yeah. let's dip into these stats because some of them are a bit horrendous, aren't they? Yeah, you go so far. In terms of Luton, if you're a Luton fan, you must be absolutely loving this season. Mm. Like obviously they've lost their manager, but they're still going fine. And you know they are now 18 games unbeaten in the league, which is a phenomenal record. Um, and they're yeah firmly at the top of the league. But um, turning our attention to Shrewsbury, um, you've got some stats here to share. Yeah, I'll get on to them before. One of the most sickening things about this whole game, and I'm sure Sean will agree, is that it was watching Luton fans in exactly the same position we were this time 12 months ago, having won at Bristol Rovers. Yeah. You know, that was the weekend equivalent to this. And I just thought, how how much has this football club changed on the pitch in 12 months? And they were having the time of their lives. They've lost their manager and it hasn't affected them. We lost Abu Wagogo through and it kind of derailed us. It's just, oh, I know they'll probably go on to get promotion and you'll just be forever thinking, we were, that was should have been us last year. And it, and it just made me feel even more sickened at that result. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll come on to that later on about how far backwards that we have gone oh, on the man. pitch in, in the last six to eight months. But, you know, they're... Fair play to Luton. I, you know, I've I've got a lot of admiration for them because they've got players that have played in the lower reaches of the leagues for a number of years, like James Collins, who we all know about. Um, but they're very good at what they do. Yep, yep. They're yeah, very organised. It's been fantastic. Yeah, and it's worth going back and listening to um, an interview on the D three D four podcast um, with um, the, with then the, the Luton manager at the time. Um, and an interesting stat, a couple of years ago, um, Luton's under 11s or 13s won like the equivalent of like the Champions League and beat Bayern Munich and that. All right. So they're really, really like they're <laughs> building in terms of youth players. But their recruitment the last few years has been absolutely fantastic. And yeah, it's another success story. Unfortunately, you know, we, we seem to be talking about other clubs all mm, the time. Mm, yeah, well, there we go. Which brings us back to our club. And I think some of the comparisons are needed now. We're 10 games into Sam Ricketts' tenure in the league. And we've won one, drawn four and lost five for a total of seven points, which is pretty bad. The most worrying thing about it is it's worse than ASCII's first 10 games, mm. which, considering how mental people were going about that terrible start, the, the worst start to one of our football league seasons, I think it was, after 10 games. And we've we've actually done worse in the last 10 league games. So, uh, you know, we're on a minus four goal difference under Ricketts, which is 0.7 goals per game. If you look at ASCII's overall um, tenure at the football club, he was at 1.1 goal... Uh, sorry, Points per game, sorry. He was at 1.1 points per game. So we're, we're doing way worse than we were under ASCII in terms of our actual league form, which is, I've put unreal. I, I'm, I'm staggered that we've gone backwards since we made the managerial change, Sean. Yeah, and yeah. I don't buy this whole <laughs> thing about, you know, you know, it's not his players and all that. You know, he's still, he's still, a, he's still a football manager. Correct, um, yeah. And the performance and stuff seems to be getting worse, but... Yeah, that's, they're, they're not not good stats. No, and, um, yeah. and we're now the second low, we're, we're 23rd now, which is the joint lowest we've been in the table all season. We were there on the 25th of August. So we're essentially right back to the start of the season where we were. So, yeah, it's not, not good, Sean. Not good. No, not good at all. Not good at all. No. I don't like looking at that league table no. at all. I've tried to avoid it so much today. But it, you <laughs> flick on Sky Sports News and just for that ample time, you just flick, flick onto it. There it is, right in front of you. I even turned the channel this morning and there was the two, the three goals on the TV. Oh, man. And I avoided it all bloody yeah. day, but no, never mind. So, so this was the first game as well after the end of the transfer window. Um, yeah. So we were expecting some of these 10 new players that we've we brought in to come into the team. So, you know, we've, we've been playing with this this uh, sort of three centre-backs and two wing-backs type formation, which has worked or not worked, you know. I don't think anyone was expecting us to, to go away from it, were they, in this game? I personally wasn't. But suddenly we're rolling out 4-4-2 diamond again, which... 
people had already lost their rag with the diamond a few weeks ago. And we've gone back to it. Um, so the team was Arnold, Bolton, Waterfall and Sadler kept their places, but um, Goldborn came in for the injured Haynes. <clears throat> Grant took up his role of the of the pinnacle at the bottom of the diamond, sitting in front of the defence. Norburn kept his place, shockingly, to be honest with you, and, and Laurent got dropped, even though he's not been great recently, but I was surprised by that. And then Vince Lott came into the team, um, Doherty at the point of the diamond, which I thought was a good idea before the game kicked off. And then, yeah, Campbell from Stoke starting up front with Ockenbeery, which again, before the start of the game, looked like an exciting combination. So, yeah, interesting changes. I don't know what, what stands out to you there, Sean. The diamond. Mm. I wasn't, when the team came out, I looked at it, I was disappointed to not see Beckles still in it. I know, yeah, unreal. look, I, he didn't play well at Bradford, but who, yeah, tell me yeah. who played well. Um, in that back, you know, in the back three the other night, I think it was very harsh. And I think the one thing that concerned me the most was mobility. <laughs> um, Got to give Goldburn a chance because obviously he's not played a lot of football this season. Well, he hasn't played any, so he's not going to be fully fit. Bolton's not hundred percent on form. He's been very poor, and then you've got mm, the other two playing together. <laughs> There's just no pace and no mobility, and I'm I'm there thinking. Oh God! Right, fair enough. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, we will win balls in the air on the floor. I'm worried about it. Um, I looked at Grant and Vince a lot. I thought that was going to be a two sitting, and I, I honestly thought it was going to be a four-two-three-one because yeah. I thought you could put Campbell on the left, Doherty on the right, maybe Norburn in that ten roll behind um, Okunabiri. That that's how I was trying to work it out, but yeah, it, it was. It, disappointed with the diamond you take out Campbell and Ockenberry from this team and it's got to be one of the slowest football teams we've ever put out to play football it's weak it's slow it's weak apart from if you take especially if you take the um, the front two out yeah that's what uh, I said so yeah. I think that kind of pulls the numbers up but I was surprised and you know actually Vince Lott's been there for a bit and then he's obviously so Goldberg's been there for a while yeah. um, but Campbell has he had any training sessions with the team well no he came in on the Thursday night didn't he like last thing which exactly so for me that was very strange yeah they were, um, yeah yeah, I, I guess, guess, I guess having so. an interesting discussion with Andy um, with um, Pooley Shrew on on Twitter, um, and I said to him, you know, like, what do you, you know, just matching a team up, so, but you know, is that a good idea? Is there any merit to that? And he made a really good point that, you know, if you're going to match up, you're going to have to win every single one of your personal battles. Yes, mm. spot on. And that's not something that um, you know we're seeing from this team, um, and especially as you know, Luton a, 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 a team that pass the ball and try to pass it around and try and move you to have such an immobile side. Um, for me, was quite foolhardy. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, we won't jump to the end of it, but they, they were total shit in this game, Ollie. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put some swear words out here. I, I've rarely been as angry as I was this season at, at this performance, and um, we'll run through the game now. But you know, very very little. Yeah, and hold that positive. thought as well, because something going to ask you guys. We'll ask you at the end, but I'll say it now, and you can so you can think Go about on. it. It's like, is it? And one of the things that some of you have been saying, and there's some people who fans that kind of almost won't allow any criticism of the team Ugh. and they were saying that um, you know this was Luton top of the league so you know is it is it fair still to criticise the players Absolutely. on the team considering this is Luton so hold that thought yes. we'll come back to it later on um, but I think um, yeah it's something, it's something I want to ask you guys yeah it was it, it didn't start well for me I mean a lot of people were saying that they thought we were alright in the in the first half and that maybe the first goal was against runner play not for me I, I, I feel that Luton Luke is so good and we're a much better team than us that they they were kind of playing us at arm's length for a lot of the first half, and yeah, we didn't look as crap as we did at Bradford in the first half, and we looked worse in the second half, I suppose. But um, for, for me, I don't think the first half was as good as a, a few people were saying. Um, and obviously, we, we had quite a bit of session, <laughs> didn't we, watching it back? But it goes nowhere. Um, 
It goes nowhere. We got a lot of free kicks and corners and stuff, but we weren't able to do anything with them. No. Most of them just went straight out of play, which was quite embarrassing. It was. And they gave, you know, we, and one of the things Luton were doing is they were giving a lot of free kicks away, to be honest with you, um, as, as the game went on. So we had a lot of free kick chances, but, you know, we, we did nothing with them, Ollie. You know, it, I can't remember who was really taking them. It was a sort of combination of Doherty and Norburn a lot of the time, and nothing to write home about about set pieces on Saturday, was there, considering how many we had? Lacked quality. I yep. think that's all you could say first half. I, I don't think we started too bad. I don't think we were great, but I don't think we started too bad. Mm. But then I don't think Luton started. No. So I think it was very much a a bit of a nothing affair, really. Yeah, we had we had the ball around their box, but again, we were very much of... There's too many players playing hot potato with it, like, I don't want it, you can have it. No, no, I don't want it. Or give it over there, and then before we know it, it went back again, and then the moment's gone. Yeah, and there's just there wasn't that confidence to... To have a go, we had a lot of the ball. You're right, Ollie. I do agree with that. We had more of the ball than Luton, but we would just get you know through the transition phase in midfield, and we start to look for that forward ball then, and we'd probably get halfway towards their half before it just got bogged down. And it's been like that for months, to be honest with you. And their options aren't there, or they can't find the right option, or the wrong run's been made, or someone plays a terrible pass and it just goes straight out of play. And that's where it breaks down. That's where it always breaks down. And on the games we win, we actually stitch that together quite well. But the point is, we've only won what three, four league games or something stupid like that, isn't it? And, and we just do not do that with enough regularity. So I do. I can kind of see why people thought the first goal was against the run of play, particularly when you look at the first good chance of the game, which was um, the one where Faye had a shot. He did really well to turn actually and shoot, and the keeper yep. made a low save, got scrambled away, and it came to Doherty. Who, I'm, I'm sorry, he should have scored all day. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he really should have scored. That was a great opportunity. Yeah, but he just spanked it over the bar, and it looked he, instead of trying to cipher it, he went to you know toe poke it by the look of it, didn't he? And just sort of he just smashed it. He yeah. just wellied it. And yeah, he just, yeah, he wellied it over. It just needed a bit of just calmness. Yeah, and then there was a back heel from Campbell as well, which was in, innovative, I suppose. Was the only thing I say about it, but I never really thought it was actually going to go in. No, um, there's a, it, it did get towards the line, but I'm surprised by it. There was hardly any pace on it at all. No, but down the other end, before the, the Luton goal, they they'd been creating. They sort of had a half, couple of half chances, and you you felt like they were just trying to work us out. They had a young lad on left back called Justin, who was brilliant. He absolutely yes. murdered Bolton the whole game. Um, I thought he was one of the most talented players I've seen at the Meadow for a long time, actually. And he he just looked like he was playing in on cruise control and, and interestingly as much as I didn't agree with it the Luton manager at the end of the game said we didn't even need to be our best in the first half to be one of we, you know he wasn't saying that they played Ouch. well yeah exactly which, which is a concern isn't it yeah it's a massive concern yeah. and then the first goal obviously came and, and, and then it went downhill from there really Ollie. yeah it was terrible <laughs> really really poor defending again Taron going to sleep quite similar to the final goal um, in a sense um, against Bradford um, oh bless him Vince a lot um <laughs> I don't know whether he just didn't see it, he didn't close down, or whether his legs don't work anymore, um, but he didn't close down the midfielder. Midfielder had all the time in the world to pick his man in the box, yeah, yeah. headed back, and Collins was left on his own. And this is where I, my blood pressure started to go up. Um, and this <laughs> is, you've got two players who have played hundreds and hundreds of football games at centre-back, and um, Warford was out of position, um, and Collins was there just to tap it into the back of the net, and absolutely fucking awful defending. <laughs> I, 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 I completely agree. I could not believe what I was watching, especially when you give a player of James Collins the amount of space. Mm. He could have taken a touch. He could have taken about three touches before he slotted it home. Um, I think, he had all the time in the world, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I, I, think, I think Sadler needs a lot of criticism in yep. it as well. because He's been getting away on his, on his, on his brownie points in yeah. the last few years. Yeah. And we all like Sadler. Seems like a nice chap. Yeah. No but more for God, me, God, he's no. not playing well at the moment. No, no more for me, no. Brownie points are out of the window. Last season's out of the window. You forget about all that now. This is, this is the, it's the here and now. Yep. And it's... 
bollocks, basically. Um, <laughs> and he gets dragged out. Goldburn, Goldborn's on his own. So he's, he's he gets beaten in the air. He's not very big, so he gets beaten in the air. And because Sandler's been pulled out, you've got Waterfall in No Man's Land. Collins, thanks very much. Waterfall lives in No Man's Land. That's where he lives. He's, just, he's always in No Man's Land. <laughs> we send him back to No Man's oh, Land. Oh, jeez. And, and one, you know, you saw, he said about Vince, like, he, he was so slow. If you watch the, the start of that goal back, it is being, what he does is embarrassing, to be honest with you. I did not rate him at all. But yeah, it was, I think it, we've just got the name for the pod. Yeah. Waterfall lives in No Man's Land. Yeah, there you go. That's decent. Um, but the whole thing was a, it was a shambles. And, and we should just say about Collins, you know, he clapped the town fans loads at the start of the game. You know, he obviously appreciates his time here. And I think town fans really appreciate him yes. as much as he wasn't a League One striker, Ollie, although he very much now is <laughs> um, yeah. yeah he and, wasn't and at the time and I think that's a, I think no. that's a good lesson for everyone isn't yeah. it yeah don't write but someone off you can make a view on a player um, and they can be you know we've had players gone in to play in the Premier League Mark Pugh and all these and different players Andre Gray Andre Gray um, you can only view a player on how he's performing but yeah fair play to him absolute massive respect for him and he didn't um, celebrate the goal Ollie, either which was quite yeah. good you know you can he see scored that. 18 goals in the league 18 goals and he hasn't and he wasn't um, first choice in for, um, at the start of the season so absolutely fair play and yeah a bit of humble pie for me in terms of I didn't think he was a league one striker but he's proved that he is but I'd also say it's interesting isn't it like thinking back to a go-go a go-go's gone to Coventry and not done very well you know it's all about how a team plays and how you know how you're settled and he's clearly very happy there and why wouldn't he be yeah it was interesting hearing before the game uh a conversation uh, about Collins from some Luton fans saying how he is looking leaner and fitter and he's lost weight. Yeah. Beginning of the season, a lot of fans thought he was done at Luton. Um, and I think he, he'd he gone away and worked hard himself, got himself leaner and fitter. This is his final chance, really, wasn't it, to prove himself at this level? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he could, he's, he could now be a, a championship striker. Mm. There's no that he will be in the championship we're looking at next season fulfilling his potential that he always had in all honesty yeah, and we, yeah. you know and, and I think everybody always saw that one day he might yeah. have been using Shrewsbury as a stepping stone back at the start of his career but one thing I'm learning about League One is we, we spend more time in this division especially having seen how we played last year is fitness is such an absolute key part of being a decent League One team and and uh, you know we're not going to go back to this point we are not fit and it's one of the reasons why we're not not very good this season and yeah. Luton clearly under Nathan Jones and obviously now under their new manager are, are kind of Paul Hurst esque. You know, in terms of the fitness work they do, because they they were so fit the whole game. They were running rings around us at the end, they absolutely hard running rings around each us. other. Yeah, for yeah. each other. And that yeah. was a big thing. There we go. So that was that. It was one nil, and and uh, oh, the, the the sort of groans around the meadow grew, and I, I noticed people getting a bit spiky around me. To be honest with you, mm. and it was people were getting and miffed. everyone's quite quiet really in block seventeen. To yeah, be yeah. So it's probably worse elsewhere. And then they could easily have been two 0 up at half time, despite how we'd had a good first half. But um, yeah, there was a good cross from Luton and and, and Arnold had to make a point blank save and. Yeah, muted booze really. Nothing too big as they went off half time because obviously it was only one nil. But you know, and it'd been slightly better than some of the performance under the Bradford game. But still, it wasn't anything to write home about. And it was a big worry because you started to look at the live table then, and we were we were you know I think we were third bottom at that point in time, and you were like, oh God Almighty, this is mm. this is not good. It was reality. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was reality for some. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it, this goes to to people that still think it's all okay. Um, <laughs> I think hopefully that was reality looking at the table now. It's like, right, come on. Yeah. Time to wake up and realise 
what shit we're in a relegation what fight. shit we're actually in at the moment. I don't want anyone yeah. to call it a relegation battle either. I'm, I'm, I'm boycotting <laughs> that as any kind of you know Twitter hashtag because mm. I'm only going to call it a relegation battle when we battle. And that is symptomized yeah. by this second half. And I'm going to go back to one thing that Rickett said during his Q&A that we all latched onto and we were all like, that's great. That's exactly what we wanted to hear, which is mm-hmm. I'll never put a team out that don't fight for this badge or I'll never put a team out that don't put 110% effort in. Bloody hell, mate. We were back to the way the last latter days under Askey where they just didn't look arsed in the second half. No. It was awful, awful stuff in the second half. And, you know, we'll come to what happened at the end. But basically, uh, the stadium was almost empty by the final whistle, Ollie. And yeah. what we'll run through yeah, now is Yeah, I saw what, some photos. Yeah. I was really surprised. Well, not that surprised, but yeah, it was, it was very odd. But yeah, it's... Um, yeah, second half didn't start that well, did it? <laughs> no, so, no, they um, came out. So, yeah. yeah, eight minutes, Pearson gets the ball. Puts a cross in, and yeah, a bit of we've been giving, we've been quite positive about Arnold, yeah, but um, yeah, not the um, the best um, position for him, and yeah, unfortunately, it was a bit of a, a seaman versus um, Ronaldinho. There was a couple of mistakes in that. I mean, we clear it away; it goes out down on the the sort of almost out to the byline, and one of our players has got a chance to just clear it out as far as you possibly can, mm. put it in their half. And I can't remember who it was now, actually. Goldborn. Goldborn, yeah, it was Goldborn. And he just half hit it to someone, you know, halfway between him and the halfway line. Took one touch and then flighted it back in. It's just like, you know, I know you've not played football for whatever, six months, you know, since you relegated, since you were a part of relegating Milton Keynes. And I'm sure you'll feel right at home in this relegation battle. But he, he was nothing to write home at. Or clearly not fit, as, as Sean said right at the start. And, you know, just not at the pace of a, of a League One game, particularly playing a good League One team for me. No, no. And Arnold needs to have criticism for this goal. Big time. Six foot four, six foot five. Shouldn't be getting done there. No. And and it is a massive fluke. There's no two ways about it. The guy did not mean it. Um but it we can't be getting done there. It, you know, when the luck's against you, it is against you, but we've got A, we've got to do better in the clearance. B, we've then got to stop the cross from going in and yeah. C positioning has got to be far better. And it almost seemed like I see the highlights again. It almost seemed like a half-assed effort, just trying. He yeah, lost, he lost just himself. Ball yeah. just, just to try and get a hand to it. It just seemed mm. a bit half-assed. Yeah, yeah it was know. just a lumped into the box. It wasn't. It was a, just a you know a bit of a percentage ball, wasn't Dude, it? No, it was just, and... it's fundamentally a terrible cross. <laughs> That's oh. the most annoying thing about it. It wasn't even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> true, <laughs> wasn't yeah. even a good cross because there was no strikers anywhere near even challenging Arnold. And yeah, he just he lost himself, didn't he? He lost himself in the box. And he lost himself in in his goal. He just wasn't sure of his angles. Um, presumably because he thought, well, that ball's getting cleared out now. I can come out and 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 that's it. It didn't didn't happen that way really. So that was it. And and we just started playing like you know at one nil we weren't very good. Two nil we started playing like a spare wheel. You know, shrugging the shoulders. I talked about a lot of pointing mistakes. Players just drifting out of the game completely. Who you would expect better of. Um, yeah. You know, the st- and we've not talked about Campbell and Fade during this game really because you know no, as, much, as much they as didn't. I don't, yeah, they didn't do it in the second they, half. They didn't appear once. I don't think in no, extended highlights, which no. just says everything. Uh, Campbell drifted badly out of the game, but what do you expect from a young eighteen-year-old kid coming into a relegation yeah. battle? I felt for them both to be fair yeah. because the feed was horrific, and yeah. we could turn a potentially. Uh, Tyrese Campbell's quality, and I think it's a superb signing for our football club. Yep. We could potentially turn a championship striker into a really poor one. But that's how we could make it's him true, look, yeah. because he he got absolutely nothing. And if you don't give quality like that up top, the feed that it needs, you ain't going to do anything. And he'll come no. deeper and deeper and deeper looking exactly. for the ball. Exactly, and yeah. we're just, they, were just run, they were just running after lost causes. Yeah. And to be fair, second half... There wasn't any lost causes to run because 
I can't remember much time where we really got the ball into their half and we were really putting them under pressure. Oh, no, really? they took, they absolutely no. took the piss out of a second half. Yeah. To, towards the yeah. end, Ollie, their, their fans were like olaying our passes because they were that rare during the game. And we, we had a shot at one point and they were like basically like ironically cheering and then they, they were just giving us some crap. And to be fair, Block 19 turned at one point. They were like, how shit must you be? It's only 3-0. And, you know, there's that starting... that You know, the, the fans were really starting to realise that you know, fair enough, we are a bloody awful team at the moment. So, that was good. Um, uh, no, that was not good. That was terrible. Um, but we, we started to make some changes. So, I think for the th- second game in a row, to me, Ricketts played three tactics in this game again. He brought on Wally and mixed it up a little bit. Um, and then he yeah, eventually just... I saw some people saying that Wally was playing in central midfield. Tip of the Wally diamond. played the tip of the diamond, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Which, yeah, as we've discussed fine. before, Ollie, <laughs> it's not, he's never really been that good as a number 10, to be honest no. with you. But when you've only got one winger, you can't play with wingers. So, um, yeah, there we go. So, he came on and tried to do a little bit, but for me, was underwhelming. Didn't have an impact on the game when he came on. Again, surface service from behind was not good special word for Norburn definitely his worst game he's had for us so far he, he was absolutely terrible the defending or his contribution to the, the third goal yes worth we're counting that now yeah yeah so basically the, um, looting of the ball uh, basically on the like, outside of our box um, I don't know what Norburn was doing but he just seemed to jump and then he also and he was out of the way and kind of didn't really back um, Doherty up at all um, really poor decision from him yep. Doherty can't pay, keep pace and with his man um, Sadler's absolutely ball watching. Um, doesn't track his man. It comes to um, comes t- to um, the main man Collins. Um, Sadler can't tackle him, and it's in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, game over three oh, nil. It's even worse from the from the safe standing bit. <laughs> I was right above it, and it's <laughs> it's absolutely horrific. I have never been so embarrassed in all my life to see us concede a goal like that. Just, it was it was like you remember the beginning of the season, the Gillingham first goal, where it was like a comedy of errors and mm-hmm. it was literally just how it's ended up in the net, I don't know. But we've got But again, two... Collins had a load of time, didn't he, Sean? <clears throat> yeah. It, uh, again, but you, obviously I've seen those photos today that that yourself have, have screenshotted and it, it's criminal. Absolutely mm-hmm. criminal how Collins again has got space to make a, a run across the box. But then it's taken two defenders to actually get touched tight to him. But then are both they're they're literally just kicking air. Pathetic, yeah. And and Collins is like, Thanks, cheers, mate, and just rolls it in the bottom corner. Pathetic, absolutely. And pathetic. it's yeah. yeah. And and I think maybe, you know, is this worth the point of talking about Saturn and Waterfall? Because we can talk about them having no pace and we can talk about them being alright in terms of heading the ball away and, and Sadler's de- deteriorated as a footballer in the last six months fairly significantly for me you know everyone loves him but you can't you can't say he hasn't unfortunately and and you know there is a fairly strong argument for both of them getting dropped and the unfortunate thing for me is that Waterfall won't get dropped I, I, I don't care what happens he just seems to be bulletproof and I, but I think you know who's who's going to be the sacrificial lamb again Sadler's no. going to get dropped isn't he that's what I think is going to happen it'd be interesting to see what happens in the next few days mm. um, but um, yeah I think we can maybe have a bit of a, an, a kind of analysis of team okay. and players Fair and enough. stuff when yeah. we get to yeah. the big debate but um, yeah let's try and close this game over I think um, <laughs> it could have been four but a good save from Arnold players are then missing the ball and falling over he was really really embarrassing um, another great save from Arnold could have been five at this point um, and then as you guys were saying so what was the atmosphere so like the last 10 minutes of the game and I saw people were leaving early as you Grim mentioned getting toxic yeah it was starting to get toxic and there was the thing I go back to last season but the fans were together as one yeah we are now starting to split again yeah and it's 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 been like that all season but now it's starting to split even more and yesterday there I can see people arguing 
um, there's people disagreeing with other people's opinions and it's just starting to really you can see it's the football is affecting mm. the supporters mindset and people are fed up and I've not seen the ground empty that quickly with probably 20 minutes to go since Mellon that shit bit under yeah. Mellon right at the end of Mellon 20 minutes to go I'd yeah. say people yeah. started to leave yeah. I've never seen anything like that and I could probably it was that empty the West Stand you can spell out the STFC at the end, I I stood. Oh, I always stayed right to the end at home games because I just can't get out from the middle of Block Seventeen. But I didn't clap a Molly. I couldn't clap them. They were they were that dire. And, and you know, you'll get the people saying, "Oh, get behind them," you know, support them. But frankly, if you're going to turn out that sort of performance, you don't you don't deserve my my, my appreciation at the end of the game. I've just spent my money watching you lot roll around here, get absolutely battered by someone, and it's my football club that's suffering. You know, you'll move on to other football clubs. You'll you'll get wages at another club if you end up going in the summer. But I'll be stuck watching my team that I love in League Two, and I want some to put their fucking balls on the line and stand up for this football club at the moment because Absolutely. none of those players out there are doing it at the moment. One thing I want to take from yesterday and it, and it was from, a, a, I didn't go obviously Tuesday but I watched the game but I saw a Facebook post from uh, from Paul Coyne where he said about players um, not applauding at the end. Did it again <laughs> yesterday and I can probably count three players I saw actually attempt to applaud the fans. Mm. The rest of them just pissed off and that for me, no matter what the score is, no matter what performance you put in, you appreciate your fans because we are the constant. We are the ones that have to go away and and have to do this next week. Yeah, yeah exactly. We you, you know we have to deep, dig deep into our pockets to to uh, travel the length and breadth of this country to support them when they are at their worst. But we keep going back um, and a little appreciation from the players is goes a long way. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in that. By the way, that the whole ASCII. And the managerial <laughs> clapping bandwagon. It did but, for him, didn't it? But I think for the players just to leg it it's off. It's symbolic, that pitch, isn't it, of where this team is at the moment? Yeah. A, play, a player should always be more appreciative of the fans than the fans are of a player. They, they give, fans give them their livelihood. They're the ones that spend their own money on there. You know, they're being paid to do this job. You know, mm-hmm. if everything's working well and you're all together, it's fine. It does, it does breathe that. But at the point, mm-hmm. point in time where it's not going well like this, to not try and keep it together. Is a bit, it just makes things difficult. But I guess fans are of the same mind pain. I'm, I'm of the opinion now that I've lost my rag with it a bit this week and I, I know that doesn't help the overall vibe of the football club but it's very difficult when you feel that passionate about something to just rein it in. and, and just, just hurts. It I, hurts. I, I went mad at Norburn during the game after, after him and I don't do that very often but I just think just get off the pitch if you aren't going to try for my football club. So, anyway, Ollie, uh, there you go. I started to almost lose it there. I'm going to rein yeah. it back in and we'll hold leave that back, game there. The only, back, the only good thing I want to say about that game was um, the Shooter Stewards in the away end got a lot yes. of praise. Um, they obviously uh, had a, a lad from Luton who was... Um, had some sort of physical disability. I'm not too sure what it was, but they helped him get out of his wheelchair and celebrate the goal every time. And I think yeah, they've got quite a bit of national press coverage mm. today. And, and you know, some of the FSF officers, the Football Supporters yeah. Federation, have flagged it up. And fair play to the steward. Apparently, he works one of the doors in a, in a pub in Shrewsbury. And he was out yes. doing it last night. And yeah. fantastic, just just to see that our stewards are not. You go away. We we go to a lot of away games, don't we, guys? And we see some stewards who are absolutely horrendous. And for yeah. them to come to our football club and experience something like that, I think is really positive. Yeah, I know. It's it's a lovely. That's why we love the game, and it's moments yeah. like that. Yeah, unfortunately, celebrating three goals against us, but it it does paint our club in a good light off the pitch that we are a decent club, even though we're a shambles on it. We are <laughs> a decent club off the pitch. Yeah, and it was it was it is nice. It is a it's a heartwarming. Uh, it's good thing to say. It is. It's it's interesting. Just to go off that, Ollie, there is an interesting split at the moment about, around our fan base. Uh, we're looking around on social media today about how, you know, particularly Brian and Roland are taking a lot of pelters for what's going on on the pitch. 
But on the flip side, we've also moved on a lot of time, with Brian particularly, we've moved on and done a lot of things off the pitch. And it, it does feel a little bit like off the pitch we're getting the decisions right for once. Maybe not ticketing, we've been over that. and we'll, we'll, That's a heritage thing with Ticketmaster. But we're getting some things off the pitch right. But, you know, Brian and Roland, if it all goes wrong with Ricketts and Askey this season, they're going to have to carry a can for a lot of the, the two decision-making. So there's an interesting thing about how much, yeah. you, you know, you can come out the, the chairman on the pitch, you know, and but off then the pitch. Just, but then I guess one thing you'd say is that they do it trust and they have to trust in the manager to kind of choose the players. And, you know, Askey didn't do great in that. You know, he had a couple of gems in there. Yeah, um, and obviously yeah. we've now had a huge turnaround, which we'll come on to in a bit in terms of the transfer window. But yeah. Let's, yeah. let's so, wrap that game up then. I yeah, mean, top my top three. three. I see um, Sean is struggling. He's only given it to Faye, haven't you, Sean? So that's fine. Am I really, though? That's the thing. Yeah, like, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I did pick a top three just because I always do normally. Yeah. But again, you could easily have not picked anyone. I mean, I gave it to Faye because he ran a bit. I gave it to Grant because I like Grant, but he was pretty average. And I'm going to give it to Arnold, despite the fact he made a horrendous mistake in the game. Mm. He actually made loads of saves. So a man that made a goal-costing mistake in the game is getting in my top three. But to be honest with you, they were all dire and they all need a massive kick up the arse. Could we give the, top t- the, the second and third to those hardy souls that stay to the bitter end? Yeah, yeah, there we I go. I think the fans... Maybe Stay second to the, to the steward and third to the fans. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. There we go. There you go. There you go. All right, cool. But yeah, and then Ricketts, I mean, I got back, I walked back to my brother's, got in the car. He took ages to come out. One of my mates that generally hangs around to, to give another lad who's in the press a lift home said, he's made us wait ages tonight and it's bloody freezing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he was ages out. So by the time I'd driven back and it was coming on towards six o'clock then, Ricketts was giving his interview and I started listening to it. And what did we learn? Did we learn anything, Ollie? Um, I think we learned a few things, actually. Mm. So... Um, he said, you know, he said, well, a bit of bullshit in the first half. Um, but first half, nothing in the game. When we actually went down one 0 and they could have scored more. Um, second goal was a comical goal, and we lose all all of our expectations and belief, which is really poor. And this is for me is probably the interesting line. As a group, we need to stick together. Players have to stick together. Yep. Yep. You know, linking back back to the Bradford game and what we're talking there, the way that the players are whinging and moaning at each other. Um, there's clearly, and the fact that Askey, as you, sorry, Askey, but you know, um, um, Ricketts um, was late coming out. So clearly a lot of words were said um, in the, after this game. Um, on the goal, a free header, then a free chance for Collins. Um, and, you know, and he said, you know, he said, you know, I demand my teams, they need to work harder. I want my players to get in their faces. I need to see more. Um, and then in terms of uh, BBC Shropshire pointed out that we're 20 and 30 in the league now and he's got a message to the fans and he said he's not happy with this either yeah. let's not let up our Zion climb the table and then there's a discussion um, from Lewis Cox about belief and confidence and he said that is a priority but he said that needs to start with hard work and effort um, he said yes the league is the most important thing um, he's not, we're not getting the time to recuperate but then he's not recycling the team either um, and we can't give away commentable goals. So a few interesting pointers there, um, just to kind of um, sign off a crap day. Yeah, it was a crap day. I mean, it was it, the, the the social media reaction to this whole thing, and, and not just social media. We talk about social media, but I think the reaction to the fans after the game in pubs and just general yeah. is is been incredibly negative. And I've struggled to find too many people holding on to much hope this season. So yeah, I think we'll we'll leave that game there and move on to you yeah. know the team and the future and then in the next bit. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I went to bed. I, I came home. Well, I came home, had some chips to commiserate myself, and then I went to bed. I was all sad. So. I just hate football. <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave Saturday there and we'll move on to Salad News. Collins checks, opening up for Collins here. Collins goes for goal. What a goal that is for James Collins. Oh, what a goal. Really as good as a one move just in at the other end.
So we'll start with uh, the transfer news and sell-up news this week. Um, obviously, it was the end of the transfer window on Thursday night. I uh, made a bit of a name for myself on the way home from the bar by uh, skulking around outside the ground and getting a picture of Tyrese Campbell before the club had announced it. <laughs> so well, Bielsa. I know, yeah. After <laughs> I've been outside uh, Dave Edwards' house a few weeks ago, there might be some sort of, uh, you know, what's the order for stay away from our players sort of thing. But yeah, that was quite funny. It was a complete random occurrence. And um, yeah, I'm thinking I might actually do it for the next transfer window. It was quite funny with all the banter on Twitter. So I might go and ruin it a few more transfers just for the hell of it um but yeah so Tyrese Campbell was obviously the big one on transfer deadline day um coming in from Stoke to the end of the season on loan but we also did the deals this week for Scott Goldborn obviously played Stefan Payne back to the football club which was a really interesting one um centre-back Roshan Williams who's apparently the new Paul Pogba although I'm quite wise here if he's the new Paul Pogba it's beyond me um and then Romain Vincelotta who we just discussed uh towing his caravan and Jonathan Mitchell, a goalkeeper on loan from Derby County, who we may well see sooner rather than later, I suspect. So um, that was the out at the ends, and then the outs, obviously, just to get rid of a couple more this week. Issa went out to Colchester and got an assist in a goal on debut, so good, good for him. And then Angle went out on Lincoln and was happy enough to burn every single bridge at this football club with a quite a, an interesting interview at his new club, talking about there being more quality at Lincoln. Although having said that, having he's watched you on right. Saturday, he's probably I think he's right. right. So yeah, Angle might be right, but yeah, what I mean, we'll just go on that because most people know we signed and we've seen a few of these. What what probably stands out for you the most on this one, Ollie? Yeah, for me, obviously, the highlight is obviously um, Campbell coming back. I think that's coming back, sorry. Um, coming, that's a really good sign in. Um, Stefan Payne coming back, I think it's good because I write Stefan Payne and he did score 14 goals last season. Yeah. For me, while um, um, Roshan Williams is an exciting sign and as a, a pacey, you know, he was, um, you know, as faster than Darren Campbell at the age of 19. Yeah, so that's that. some record. But we need a central defender with pace, but we need a central defender with pace to pay play straight away so I'm not sure if he's ready for that so while it is a fantastic signing I'm not sure if it's really going to help with our mm. defensive ills at the moment not so for me away. that's the kind of the summary um, nice for Issa to obviously extend his contract and obviously um, good to keep him around yeah, but, and Lee Angle well I don't really care what he has to say you go to a new <laughs> club and just talk crap don't you yeah what about you Sean what, 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 I mean I'll ask you a, a slightly different question yes do you think this window the 10 players we bought in was better yes. than our window last year in January when we were going for promotion 100% yeah interesting one hundred percent. Why did we said, do it then? I said this to uh, to Sam Morris and Simo the other day in the, in our group chat, and I said, "If only we'd have done this last January, because yeah, we were crying yeah. out for a quality striker. Um, we just we just wanted that extra quality. If if we well, had anyway, done it, yeah. what would have happened? We never know. No. Um, but I think I think the players that we've brought in this month. I'm I look. It's not great at the moment, but I think we've. He's strengthened what we needed to strengthen. Mm-hmm. I think we've brought in. I think our attack line is better now than it was before. Definitely, it's not very difficult to improve, but <laughs> it is better. We've got Stefan Payne, who we all know about. He's a good striker. He will score goals. Tyrese Campbell. I was amazed that we managed to get through the door because, yeah. you know, he tore us a new one twice mm. uh, against Stoke. But the one I really like is Williams, um, only for the fact of. You see a lot of comments from Man United fans, and they were really, really disappointed yeah. that United yeah. let him go. And so, why has he come to us then? <laughs> well, it's it's not money. You've got to give credit to the club, haven't you? Really, for, for getting him in. Um, he he obviously wants to play football. He wants to play games. For me, I know what you said, Ollie, but I'd throw him. I'd have thrown him in yesterday. Um, Could have been worse. Not so, got, yeah, look, not so got, asking you've... the question. We don't know, do we? Is he ready? No, not? We're only going to find no. out if he plays. No, but he's got. A, he's had a good ground in at Manchester United. He's obviously very, very highly rated, um, and I think he, you know, seeing the comments of saying, "Well, we've still got Phil Jones. Why have we let him go?" 
Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's obviously held in high regard by a lot of Manchester United fans, and to have him for two and a half years, that you know, there's a potential asset there for the football club where years yeah. to come we might... And he's played at England youth levels as well, hasn't he? So he's obviously yeah. got a good pedigree. He's a big lad as well. I saw him yesterday in the warm-up and I thought he's he's got a good size about him mm. and and it's, it's what we need. We need pace at the back and I think he will be, I hope, he'll he'll be a, a very good asset for us. Issa going out, I think, is a good move for him and the club because he's not ready. He needs he needs to be playing football and I think for a, for a battle at the bottom, I don't think it's... Ready for him, Angle couldn't give two hoots about. Nah, nah, I think that's a fair, fair summary, isn't it? And um, yeah, it's a case of getting them fit and getting them playing now. Starting with bloody Dave Edwards, he's the one you need mm. to get fit straight away. But um, we've kind of dodged that one for a while, haven't we? But there we go. I think all, all, the only other thing to cover in Southampton news before we move on to predictions is obviously we, we were talking about the reason we got Sean on was that he wrote a very passionate, interesting, considered <laughs> Facebook post last night about our current predicament, and it's given you a sort of few discussion points, hasn't Ollie, that you wanted to sort of you know maybe flesh out a little bit and, and get a bit more detail from both me and Sean. Yeah, definitely. So Sean, like I don't know, is it possible to maybe just like give us a short summary for those who um, yeah aren't friends with you on Facebook? <laughs> kind of like what was your kind of like the the what was the kind of like the the overriding kind of message you were sharing in your post? Anger, basically. Um, <laughs> I, I started off by saying we were, you know, we were an absolute mess. No plan, no organisation, mm. no bottle, absolutely nothing. Um, I, I went on to say, you know, I love my club, but I'm embarrassed and ashamed of them at the moment. Um, defensively, a shambles. Midfield is weak as piss. <laughs> um, and there's no quality feed to our forwards. Um, I said about the the decisions of the manager yesterday were questionable. I do, and I've said I do not want to see Luke Waterfall or Matt Sadler in a centre part in centre back partnership ever again, unless we are playing walking football. <laughs> um, the pair of them together are too slow and a liability. And that you know, look at the goals that we've conceded oh, this yeah. season as a pair. I said about Roshan Williams, quality centre back with power and pace. He sits on the bench. And he completely bends off Beckles to the stands, which for me I couldn't which understand. Which is so because... odd because Beckles, you know, we want to see him have a chance, don't we? So maybe yeah. we should start there, maybe with the central central defensive partnership. It hasn't been working all season. No. And no. Uh, how many league games are we into the season now? We've played. We've got 16 30. left. 31, 30, got, isn't We've it? played yeah. 30 games. Shit. And, you know, is that not enough to, to kind of prove that this mm. waterfall saddler. Yeah, I think you might need to send um, an update to the football manager, Glyn, and yeah. to drop their pace down, <laughs> no, because it's clear that this, I, these, this two is not working. I already did, Ollie. I, I, you get a January transfer, you get a January window to update the football manager database, and to be honest with you, I was a little bit harsh on them, and you know, there's certain elements that have clearly developed over the season that need to be reflected in that database, and um, yeah, Luke Waterfall's average... Uh, current rating they call it a football manager took a bit of a hit but um, for, for me it's interesting there, there were a bit of times this season where Sadler and Waterfall looked okay you know there was a little period maybe under Coyne and Ramsey where they looked solid and we, we had a little good run and, and that's fine but to me it just seems like the more games we played the more they stuck together the slower and slower they've got because of a lack of fitness as Sadler's getting older and Waterfall's getting uselesser and the combination of those two is pretty toxic to our defence at the moment and there's there's no confidence inspired by them and so you've got two you know right and left backs that are trying to build off them as well or, or another defender if you will and it just the combination of the two is just not working and I agree you know they're going to probably have to play at Wolves because it's Wolves but I think at Bristol Rovers there's nothing that can harm us throwing in Maybe you start Beckles and Williams. Just see what the hell happens. You know, it, it can't can't have been worse than Saturday. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we know that we've got um, you know two slow central defenders. But a question I think it's worth discussing and something taken from your post is: 
Do we think the players are working hard enough? So yeah, Glyn, go, you go first. No, I think I covered that in my mini rant before. I, I don't think they are. And I think it's very easy to hide when things are not going very well. You know, in a good team, a lot of these players would look like good players. You know, Doherty would be outstanding week in, week out. Norburn would probably look like a solid little player. In a team that's battling relegation, I think that you could almost term Norburn and potentially a few of the others, Laurent as well maybe, as, as luxury players. I don't know that we've got the battlers to get us out of this. And the battlers we've got are, are awful. You know, Waterfall's a battler, but he makes loads of mistakes. And so... To me, I, I feel like there is a definite... And, and one of the things I found most interesting on Saturday was they came out at half-time and Grant came out first and he came out with a couple of other players and they were just having another massive discussion with themselves. Mm. Having just had their half-time briefing, there was pointing, there was some shrugging of shoulders. Like They come out of the half-time briefing saying, I'm still not sure what the hell we're supposed to be doing. And, mm. and you know, if that's the case and you're being led by that lack of, of leadership, well, not lack of leadership, but you're not quite sure what you're doing, it is easy not to put 110% effort in because you're worrying about where your position should be or what you're trying to do, but... You know, not to leave the point. No, I, I, I haven't seen them on Saturday. A distinct lack of, of grit and determination was needed on Saturday. What do you think, Sean? What's your kind of view on this point? Echo exactly what Glynn's just said. I don't think that. Uh, no, I don't think they are working hard enough. Um, I think we have gone backwards. Yeah, quite rapidly. But why can um, we do it against Stoke and Wolves and Sunderland? Because the TV that's the cameras are there. Yeah, question, TV <laughs> cameras are there, and the players are doing it for themselves in that and that's environment. It, it, I, it, it frustrates the hell out of me. Where we can go and play Wolves, who are a very, very, very good team off the pitch at times. We should have deserved to have won that game, and Wolves fans have said exactly the same thing. Yet we then go and turf out an absolute disgraceful performance. Against Bradford, Bradford yeah. and against Luton. Luton, I I admit, I I didn't expect us to win, and and I don't I don't mind losing to a better team. But if I see my team go out and not give anything to the cause, I want to see my my team if they're playing against better players, leave absolutely everything off there, blood pouring from their head if they have to, absolutely knackered, not. I, and the, the waste of time. And you weren't there on Saturday only, but one of the other things is, who the hell is the on-pitch leader? You know, where was the leader on Saturday? You know, people can say, oh, a go-go wouldn't, you know, fit to lace Grant's boots, right? I love Grant. He's been my player of the season so far. Mm. But do you know what? The more trouble we get into this season, the more he seems to go a little bit missing in terms of that, that senior leader. And maybe they're relying on Sadler, but he's never been the, the ballsy vocal leader, has he? And I just want someone to grab hold of this team. You know, where are the leaders in the, in the team? And, um, you know, as, as much as you can say, yeah, that, that, that the comparison between a go-go and Grant, I'm starting to worry about, He's a good player, and he's he's a he's a good player. But I just I I know he's got it in him to to, to be that leader. Do you know do you know do you know what I mean, Ollie? So and yeah, and, and again, a diff, another discussion point. Like, why are we defend? Why are we got so poor at defending? All of a sudden, we could have easily have conceded in two games over twelve goals this week. Um, the def- defensively, we are weak from from start to end. You know, you can't just blame the defenders. You know, we've been talking, we've been quite positive about Arnold in the last few weeks. Um, you know, overall. Um, and, you know, you just really questioned, you know, what are they working on the training ground and why are we so weak um, as a team? Like, for me, it comes down to the basics of, you know, just tracking and working hard. But, yeah, what, what's your guys' thoughts on like, why are we so you know, defensively weak? For me, we just we just talked about it, the lack of effort and, and a centre-back pairing that doesn't instill confidence in the rest of the defence. I'm not too sure there's much more beyond that for me, really. I don't know about you, Sean. It all stems back to pre-season, fitness, yeah. hard work, um, having that character in the squad to... Uh, to throw your self on the line. Bravery, uh, yeah. yeah. They'd be yeah. brave enough at the moment. 
No. No, absolutely no. not. Absolutely no. not. And like I said, I want to mm. see my players throw themselves in front of every ball, but yeah. not doing it. No. Bit of collective responsibility as well. This blame game culture that seems to be growing in the team is not going to help anyone. Um, and it's not going to help those players who are contract to us like next year because I tell you what, I do not want to go into League Two. Um, um, I, you know, we, we want to try and build this football club. So looking forward, um, so you know, I'll let you guys go first. Like you know, so quite quickly, what would you, what kind of team would you, what kind of formation would you play? So all being well, everyone in the squad is fully fit. Let's say three five two. Yeah, I, I can't, yeah, I'd probably go with that. You know, I like four four two, Ollie, but I don't think we've got the wingers to do it. I just just because throwing four four two in now with some attacking wingers might actually confuse a few teams and get us a bit of joy. But I suspect that that tactic you just said, Sean, is probably the way to go for me as well. Actually, I think that that's all we've all we're going to have really for now in the end of the season. We've just got such an unbalanced squad. <coughs> still, I think um, for me, I'd play four three three into a four five one, basically kind of a bit similar to last year's tactics. I'd play yeah. Campbell on the left, Faye up front. Wall in the right, um, Edwards, um, Edwards, Doherty, Grant in the middle, um, and play Beckles um, definitely centre central defence um, with one of the other three central defenders. Um, but for me, I think for me it's about um, giving some stability, and I think maybe that four. I think obviously I can see the merits of your three five two in terms of defence stability, but I'd just like us to kind of have that bit of a barrier in front of our defence, and maybe a five man midfield would help us do that. I think I think I'm I'm a think we're all, maybe all going to agree that I'd be so happy to see the diamond consigned to the the bin of history. To be honest with you, I I just don't think we're going to get anywhere playing that going forward personally. But there we go. We don't have we don't have dynamic enough players, and I think no, Lucas no, have shown no. us this week that you need players with who are fit, a lot of pace, and you need really really good, good attacking fullbacks yep, to play yeah, diamond. Yeah, you do. We haven't got the centre half to play it either. You know, no, you saw yesterday no where you had both centre halves get on the corners of the eighteen yards, and then both fullbacks. Real high and wide on the touch line. We haven't got the centre backs to do that. No. And no, then you need a player. To, you need a player to drop in to then play. Mm. We don't. And if it. Haynes is injured, I do worry about us even playing wing backs because I, 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 I've said this several times. I see him at Walton, Bolton at right wing back. I'm not overly convinced that he does as good a job going forward as he does at the back. He's almost like a reverse Haynes. And if Haynes is injured, I don't think look Goldborn looked pretty awful so I'm not sure we've even got that yeah, in our one game. I wouldn't judge him too much on one game yeah, well, but yeah I'm so obviously not overly um, concerned yes I was going to ask another question which was not off the back of um, Sean's post but off a lot of other things I saw on Facebook last night and, and Twitter and stuff was if our football club had, had, had managed to build the bridge that maybe was unbridgeable um, and brought Paul Hurst back in in November and taken a bit of grief from some of the fans that would have never had it would we be 23rd in the football league right now Ollie? Oh, that's a good question. Probably not. Mm. But because he's, and I guess maybe this is a little bit about Ricketts of lack of experience. Yeah. I think that obviously this is obviously quite a difficult bunch to manage, but I think Paul Hurst has got enough experience managing players um, that I think he would probably have sorted this shit round. Mm. Um, I think probably going into a positive, bit more of a positive direction, um, especially as, you know, Paul Hurst came in in a, in a dire, dire situation where we were bottom of the league. Um, and we weren't there when Ricketts and Yelf, so we've actually fallen down the table with yeah, there. So yeah. I think, in a simple answer, no. I think I think Hurst would have would have um, would be a better place with Hurst. I'm not saying I necessarily mean that I would want him back. That's a different question, yeah. But what exactly. Are you sure? No. Yeah. Absolutely not. No, yeah. we'd we'd be absolutely fine. I think. Um, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. Um, Hurst prided himself in uh, being a strong defensive. You, you know, he made Alabd. Um, who else did we have that season before Toto came in? Um, Lancashire. Yes, Oli Lancashire. 
you know, it, the big thing we had that season was he, we stopped shipping the goals, we got more of a unit, we were stronger, um, and we were throwing ourselves through brick walls at times when probably we were struggling to. At the moment, we are not doing that, yeah. and I think if we'd have had a, a character of Doy coming in as well, mm. you know, that, that sets us off on the Yeah, it's foot. a good point, actually, uh, having a strong assistant manager. We still don't have an um, assistant manager. No, we don't. <laughs> so, you know, it's still a bit of an odd one, that, but... Uh, there we go. I, I just thought it was a very interesting question because the general vibe I read last night was that people would would, would not be in this trouble. And actually, a lot of people were like, I, I would have swallowed a little bit of pride, to be honest with you, not, not to be in this crap. But it, then that ship has sailed. Maybe we'll apply for the job in the summer when Sam Ricketts gets sacked. So <laughs> there we go. We'll find yeah. out, won't we? But um, yeah, that's if we go down. Um, but yeah, it, it Ricketts' his future and what goes on at this football club, I think, is the last little bit to wrap this section up in. You know, he's, he's getting himself under more and more pressure. You know, I think most town fans are of the opinion that there's absolutely no chance he's going to get sacked this season, even if we were to lose the next six in a row. But, frankly, he wouldn't be here in the summer, even if we managed to step on the last day of the season. I think he's he's, he's really got to turn it around quite quickly in the next ten games and, and show Shrewsbury Town fans now what he's all about. Otherwise, he's going to come under a lot more pressure, isn't he, guys? For mm. me, the pressure has to come onto the, the hierarchy, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I said this in my post yesterday. If this does not work out, that is then two appointments that have failed. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you trust the club to make a third? That's that's my concern. Mm. Um, yeah, it's tricky. Hey, you know, I'm I'm worried, oh, very very worried. Dear, dear. Very worried. Should we leave it there and just go on with predictions? Should. Yeah, well, predictions. We both went for us to lose two 0 to uh, to Luton last week, Ollie. So we went far off for once and we lost three 0 obviously. So point each. So, the, so the were we positive there then? <laughs> Probably a bit too positive. But this week we've obviously got Wolves away. Uh, I don't think it's even really worth discussing this game all that much. First of all, because we're likely to get absolutely pumped at Molyneux, aren't we? And if we were to if we were to win there, it would be miraculous. It would be one of the best results in the club's history. It'd also be fairly annoying, to be honest with you, wouldn't it? Considering everything else that's going on, I'd still love it and be celebrating. Oh yeah, you'd tonight, love the moment. It would and then probably... you're walking away going, "Oh my god, that's another midweek game. That's more games that we're not going to mm, play." Um, not good, but yeah, but mm. the chances of that happening are fairly low. So I think we'll I think just so. move on from that. Um, considering they smashed Everton yesterday. Um, but yeah, the next most important game coming up, I suppose, is Bristol Rovers away next Saturday. Um, obviously almost a year to the day we went there and won for the first time in years um, Rodders and Toto wasn't it so um, but you know going there in a very very different mindset this year and I, I can't I'm just going to come out and say it now I can't really say it's winning I, I'd like to try and be as positive as I can and I'm going to go for us to maybe hang on in there with a, with some sort of tactic that Ricketts comes up with and maybe nick a late goal and, and get a 1-1 Ollie I'm gonna, that's as positive as I can really be I think yeah I'm going to go 2 all. so they beat Southend on Saturday 2-1 they drew with Peter two all um, in the week. Um, they had a good win in the EFL Trophy before that. They beat um, Port Vale three nil, um, and they lost at home to Wickham one nil. So yeah, Bristol Rovers are just above the relegation zone in twenty points, and they've got one point more than us. Um, but our goal difference is now is minus ten, so that's really starting to fall down. Um, but yeah, I can't see us winning there, and I'm going to go for a, a, a two all draw. Are you any positive, more Sean or not? No, well, I'm still very angry to be honest. <laughs> um, it's a key week. It's a key week. I don't give a rat's backside what we do Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> if we go there and win Tuesday night and go and lose Saturday... And I got pelters for that view, Sean, but people seem to be coming around to um, yeah, a few you were right. way of thinking. Did I give you pelters for that? No, no but a lot of people did. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say apologies <laughs> if I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it's such an di- interesting dichotomy this week, isn't it? And you know, I'd, I'd walk over our coals to get three points next Saturday. That would be massive for us where we are now. But... 
it, it's it's going to be tricky. And and obviously, we talked about Agogo and Grant then. You know, you can have a direct comparison maybe because I think Agogo started for Bristol Rovers on Saturday. Mm. And obviously, they'll be up against each other, won't they? So um, a direct comparison will be provided. Um, depends if Robin plays, I suppose. And Payne will not be playing because almost certain they didn't put the clause in the contract like we did with Jake Robinson that meant he could play. So <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But there we go. I guess it's a pretty long pod, Ollie. But I think mm-hmm. there was a lot of things tonight that needed to be said. That was my view of tonight's podcast. So, um, mm. Yeah, I think everyone that's sort of listened all the way through, hopefully it's uh, you know it's given you a good a good listen tonight. And um, yeah, we shall be back next Sunday. I'm going to Bristol Rovers, Ollie, and Wolves, so I'll be at both games. I'm not sure I'm about going you, to but... Wolves. Not sure about Bristol Rovers yet. I'm dragging my daughter to Bristol Rovers. More <laughs> more child punishment. Um, that's because you know she said her favourite player was Luke Waterfall, so she needs some sort of punishment for that. So <laughs> I'll take her to Bristol Rovers, and she can really get to grips with him. But um, yeah, so I'll be at both games. But yeah, cheers to everyone for listening, and Thank thanks you for much. coming on again. Um, Thank you. Thank and you, Sean. Yeah, we... I really appreciate your contribution to the pod today. Hopefully, the guys enjoyed it as well. So thanks cool, for coming. Nice. Thanks for having me again. No worries, and we will catch you all next Sunday. Oh!